Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. And you're listening to Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Changing your world one conversation at a time. The show begins now. If you would like to see this episode along with other exclusive content, make sure you become a patron by going to our box number 512 podcast Patreon page where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month. The link to the page is in the show notes for this show. So make sure you go on over there if you would like to see the episode in addition to listening to it. All right, y'all. Back to the show. Hey y'all, welcome to another installment of Box Number Five so Podcast, Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. I am your co-host, Aeon. And I'm the Lioness. So let's move it right on into updates. I will go first. So this past weekend, I was in New York for NYC Pride. Ooh, girl, I how was it? I had a really fun time. The, being in this pride, it really let me know that I am an elder in community because I was not here to do all of the, the young girl shit. I wasn't trying to be done up and made up. I just, I was very much, I started coming out to stuff as the sun was going down because it was really hot in New York. But despite the fact that I acknowledge my age and community, I had a really, 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 really good time. So I got up there Friday, Saturday, I I really didn't go to like Christopher Street or any of the areas. Um, Shout out to my friend abroad. We went to Spanish Harlem and we had um, brunch and we was just walking around Harlem and we went back to his apartment in the Bronx. So I um, chilled out. And then Sunday, what did I do Sunday? Oh, we went to the piers on Sunday, just walking around. The DJ was playing the beats. The girls was evoking on the pier. And, like, it was just Black queer people just out, like, being queer, being Black, being brown, having fun. And it, it, it just felt, it felt really good to be outside with the people. You know, I'm a, I'm a bitch for community, and it just felt really good to be around my people and to um, be outside and have fun and, I just I just had fun being amongst the people and it, it felt right and the the breeze was nice on the water and I just I really had a good time. Also, shout out to um, Malik who hosts um, the Hem podcast. I love that podcast. Shout out to Malik. Um, I bumped into we was actually supposed to have lunch, but um, some scheduling was off. But I think it was fate that even though we couldn't get together, we bumped into each other at Pride and we. Um, we did a video and took a picture and we hugged and we got to talk a little bit. But I, I had a I had a I had a really good time. I wasn't going to that long ass parade because that parade takes forever. But I am happy that I got to engage in my way. I'm glad I was happy to just be a spectator and see the people. And um it, it just it felt really good to be out. Um, I'm happy to be back home. I have a short work week. Um, I'll be going to Miami on Friday for 4th of July weekend. Um, got some stuff planned for that. And I, I'm just planning on having a, a, a fat girl summer in Miami on the beach. Um, I'm, I'm planning on some Versace mansions to eat. Like, girl, it, 
I'm really dating myself, bitch. Like, I'm really setting the standard. So if you want to come and date me, if you can't do it better than me, then you're just not going to be able to do it. Like, I'm really dating myself, taking myself. Because I just think about how much time I wasted waiting for somebody to um, prioritize me or do me right when I can do, when I can create the standard for myself. And it's just been, it just has felt really good to just pick up and go and just, even when I was in Philly, bitch, I really wanted some filet mignon, young, bitch. So I paid the extra money to get me, because I deserve to have that experience and nobody's going to do that for me. Um, so I, I enjoyed my time um, in New York. My hotel was fab, I was right downtown right where the action was. So I was able to just hop in the shower, get myself together. And um, here's to loving on yourself and splurging on yourself. Sis, how was your weekend? My weekend was busy. Um, I want to say though, really fast, I'm really excited about your pride talk. It's got me really excited. You know, the lioness can appreciate a pride, honey. And I just live that you went and got your life. I can't wait to Atlanta's pride. I do plan on being butt naked in a pasty. <laughs> what for Labor Day? Yes. Well, you know, okay. I don't. I don't. I only acknowledge Black Pride. Okay, I might have to come. I might have to come down. But yeah, girl, you're gonna have to come down because. As long as you don't mind partial nudity, girl, because girl, mm-hmm. Atlanta goes off and I've been trying to be in the mix. So um, I can't wait until um, Black Pride has their moment. Um, but my weekend was phenomenal. Um, shout out to Cap Iota Sigma Sorority Incorporated. We are having our recruitment drive coming up. And so this weekend we've been having our meetings, trying to get ready for our new intakes. Um, for those of you that are interested, hit me up. But um, yeah, so it was cute. Um, I, I, I got to spend some time with my husband this weekend. It was pretty laid back. Um, last weekend, we went to the beach. So this weekend was just pretty much relaxed. Um, you know, I was just cooling and relaxing. T- shout out to the good folks of Tabi Island. You really showed a girl a good time. I actually, when I went to the restaurant in Tabi Island, um, there was one of the girls and we had one of those like, you know, when I was like, hey, girl, moment. And she paid, and she was the bartender, and she paid for my drinks. So I drank for free on her. Thank you, sis. I don't know who you are, but that was really sweet. And it was so cute how she did it. She was just like, it was just like, when I went to, when we went to pay, the lady was like, oh, your bill, your, your bill has been handled. And I was like, oh. And then she was like, yeah, you know, she handled you. And I looked over, and she winked at me. I was like, oh. So I, went, I made a point before I left to be like, hey, girl, hey, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. So yeah, she was really sweet. That was a good moment. Um, and I love that that trans women positive moment that we had. I think that's very powerful. Um, but I was still coasting off to the fumes from that this past weekend. And um, I do, I, I'm a part of this fellowship that I was awarded this year. And um, I was trying to handle some more paperwork for that and having meetings with folks about that this weekend. So I'm really excited about that because I think that's personal growth and leadership development. So, you know, shout out to Trans Individuals Living Their Truth Incorporated, the organization that I'm the executive director of. We got big things, y'all, and I can't wait to share it with you. So, yes, girl, that was my weekend. That was my weekend. I'm ready to get into this big topic for today, girl. Let's let's tell them what we got. Tell them what they're going to see today. Um, well, before we get to that, just want to remind y'all, 
make sure if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts that you rate us five stars and you write a comment. Also, if you want to message us about your reaction from any topic, from any episode that we've done, please feel free to shoot us an email at box number five spoke podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and we would love to read them on the show. Also, make sure y'all go on over to support the Patreon. Uh, for the month of July, our book will be Wild Seed by Octavia E. Butler, and we'll be having our live book discussion. My favorite book. I keep saying it. <laughs> on, Saturday, <laughs> on Saturday, July the 10th at 8 p.m., so make sure you are there so you can watch the conversation live. And that's all of the um, just reminder announcements that we have right now. Just remember, make sure that you're telling other people about our podcast. You're getting the word out there and um, you're spreading the word um, because we love what we do and we we want the, the message to reach as many people as we can. We are going to turn to our main topic, and we have we have some lovely guests in the house tonight because we are a platform about Black trans women thriving and loving and just making the most out of life. We just we just thought that in order to have this conversation, we needed to bring some other feminine energy into the room so we could really have some grown Black um, trans women talk. So um, I have asked um, the lovely, the gorgeous um, ladies, um, some of my um, sisters, um, the lovely Miss Angela, AKA Canary Girl from YouTube, and also the lovely and the opinionated um, Miss Jai Asia to come and be a part of this conversation with me and the lioness. So we can, so we can just talk about what what is the fantasy fulfilled and what what does that look like for each of us and just to have a conversation on um, coming into your own as a um, black trans woman so without further ado come come on down come on down to grown black trans woman talk ladies let's have some grown black trans woman talk with the goddesses themselves jayasia and angela hello welcome ladies Welcome. So excited to have you on today. So when Brianna and I were first discussing this topic, we talked about, we've always said we wanted to have a sister conversation, but we didn't want to just have it with anybody. We wanted to make sure that it was with heavy hitters, people that we respected, people that we felt like had a strong point of view, and people that we genuinely felt like are coming from a grounded, grown woman's place. Because again, this is grown Black trans woman talk. And so when she suggested both of you ladies, I haven't had the privilege of really, really having very, very deep conversations with you ladies, but today's the chance. And I was so excited. Jaisha, I have had the chance to talk to you in person and it was a wonderful experience. And I was just like, yes, yes, girl, yes. Because one, we want to showcase Black trans women, but we also want to showcase our melanated Black trans women because we don't get enough love and light in this world. And I wanted to make sure we had some goddesses for the people to feast their eyes upon. And so this is so exciting to have you ladies. So thank you guys for coming. So, so I guess to get started, um, if, if, if you want to tell, tell the people where y'all are from, tell them age, um, ages and tell them what you do. Go ahead, Angela. 
Angela, you're muted. You're muted. Oh, my hey, Okay. Hi. So my name is Angela and um, I live in Indiana and I work in sales and I am 46 years of age. Oh, that's a good 46. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. You look phenomenal, girl. Thank you. I appreciate that. And Lady Jayesh. What you saying? We would like to know a little bit about you. So Brianna, ask your name, where you're from, and your age. Well, I'm, my name is Jayesha Kylie. I'm from Eastern Long Island. Um, I've become a good New Yorker after my good 15 years. So I'm up town in the Bronx. Um, I was a makeup artist for about a decade. And now I'm into the world of finances. I work for Chase Bank, an associate banker there. And... Um, I don't know why I feel a little bashful, you know. Oh, I'm 38. I'll be 39 next month. Yeah. Same age. Okay. Okay. That's a good 38, too. It's only to it. Yeah. So, so, ladies, I guess let's, let's just jump into it. Jaasia. And this is going to be a regular, this, uh, just a regular um, conversation. Jaasia, you use this term a lot. I'm crediting, the, I'm crediting this term to you, the fantasy fulfilled. What, what does that mean? And what does that look like in your life now? Well, okay, do you want to know what it looks like now or where, how? Well, what, 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 is it, what does the fantasy fulfilled mean? All right, so a bunch of years ago, we were all working for Mac. And I think that was about the time I like started like, uh, Instagram, and they were like, oh, there's these, you know, hashtags or whatever the case may be. And I had got to a place in life where I was taking all of my dreams. Am I lit or not lit enough, you guys? No, you're, we can see you. Okay. And I felt like I was in a space and a place in life where all of my dreams, I was making them happen. You know what I mean? All of my dreams, I was working towards to to, to see them and it was going on. And I'm just like, one day I was like, I am just fulfilling all of my fantasies. The fantasy is the dream. The fantasy is the goal, you know? And when you make it to that goal, you fulfill the fantasy. And that, that's where the hashtag came from. And when I started it, all the girls are like, Matt jumped on it. And then it just became a thing, you know? And our community. So, so what? So, like, what does that mean for you now? Because I've seen you use it more now, and it it, it kind of means something. There's kind of a weight behind it. Like, what does it mean for you now for the fantasy to be fulfilled? It's like a play. Okay, so I when I throw it around now, I throw it around on my my transition and my womanhood, the way it led me. You know, this this whole moment, I'm like, you know, the 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 dream that I had or the vision that I had for myself. When I was 19, I can now look in the mirror and, and see that vision, you know? So it's like, it feels more like magic to me today because if I can think it, I can I can make it happen. You know what I mean? If I believe in it, if I work towards it, if I put the work behind it, it, it I can experience it. And who's stopping me? You know, as long as I have breath in my body, I can keep going. I don't have to answer to anyone. I don't have to ask anyone for permission. I'm just gonna go. I hope that answers it. No. No, no, no. That that was great. So, like, 
um Angela mm -hmm. what do, like what is the what does the fantasy fulfill um look like for you um and let me preface this by saying um I met Angela a long time ago through YouTube for those of y'all that have been following me many 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 moons ago I was a YouTube girl I was a part of the original set of YouTube girls back in yes, the day so absolutely it was the the trans girls that I remember on YouTube were myself um and I literally transitioned on YouTube I remember myself I remember watching your videos Diamond and like old school cat black um yes old school cat black old school <laughs> so yes. um I I um so I I came to meet you through YouTube and I was just like wow like so cool like just the poise and um everything and recently you just um put, and I, I was so sad when I saw you take some videos down and keep some videos up because some of them I would watch like religiously but really you just yes yes because I think it's good to see um other girls um living in their tribute so for, for me it's always good to see other girls just being visible and uh, being regular and you definitely have represented that for me but you recently put out a video a couple of like a week or two ago um celebrating like 15 years on moans and just like just how you think how you move through the world is different from um when you first started moaning or even when you first got on youtube and just how you have come into yourself and i just like like can you just talk like a little bit about that journey and how that kind of relates to like the fantasy fulfilled for yourself like now at 46. yeah you know i think what's so interesting to me about the fantasy fulfilled hashtag that jaisha created is that for me, I'm very literal. So I think about what is the fantasy? What have my fantasies been? And when I was a kid, I was born in the seventies. And, you know, so perspective, um, the idea of trans was of an absolute fairy tale. Like it, it wasn't real and it did not exist. And so it was a real fantasy, but you always know some, in some manner, you know, what you are or that you're different and I always knew I was a woman inside like as a kid I would just I knew what was on the inside was female you know you know whatever that is how it relates you're in kindergarten you stand with the girls when all that kind of stuff and so the idea having grown up the way that I did you know male because I didn't transition until 30 um obviously it was a real fantasy and so I had dreams and expectations, but you almost can't believe it's gonna happen. And so now to live my life and be fully transitioned in a way that works for me, um, it's everything that I'm grateful for. So that's what the fantasy fulfilled is for me. And the journey, you know, documenting it through YouTube, I think I took for granted <laughs> um, what I was doing, I was just doing it because it felt right. And, and it was an outlet, you know, it allowed me to talk about my transition, but it's given back to me. And um, yeah, the, the journey has been, I think, kind of normal for a lot of trans women. It's been hard in a lot of spaces. It's been, I've had to be my own trailblazer. I mean, you, now there's a lot, there are more resources available, but I, I think there's so much of your transition that you have to invent and discover 
And um, I find that to be a theme among trans women. And I think that's one of the things that makes us so strong. So I think my channel has shown that, or at least my, my, that's what my journey has been. So it's, it's, does that make sense? No, um, definitely get it. And I'm going to jump into the conversation. Like, I don't know, but I think of the, the, so let, for our show last weekend, um, we get, I think when we recorded, it was like right after Father's, Father's Day. Uh-huh. And I just, it, and when I think about the fantasy fulfilled, I only not think about like my transness. I also just think about like my growth as like a, a woman generally and as a human being. And I remember I purposely didn't um, want to talk about um, like the Father's Day update because I, I specifically wanted to bring this up in this conversation. And then when I heard your video, it made me think of this even more. And I think the fantasy fulfilled for me um, now and my current consciousness is that like I am a woman that um that can create space for my for my joy and my pain and not like hide from it or suppress it. So like part of my story, um I grew up in a single family home, never knew my father, never met my father though. Like if you were to if he were to be walking in the street, I would never know what um he looks like. And even though um, my mom is a single mother, she was very loving, very warm, and I'm still close with her. You know, when you grow up like that, you always have this sense of longing and this sense of like sadness and the sense of not being balanced. And I, because we really didn't talk about it, um, my mom, it was just something that I didn't address. And then pre-physical transition, I thought it was something that didn't matter. But then once I transitioned, um, you know how they say your your father is your first love or your first husband, but even when he's not there, um, it still models and creates patterns of the type of man that you ultimately attract. So for the longest time, I was intensely drawn or attracted to men who were unavailable in some type of way or unreliable. And um, Father's Day was like really hard for me. Um, once I started to realize that that emotion was tied to that, just seeing like other people celebrate with their fathers and have the, like that stuff really impacted me. And last year I was in such a depression and I had suicidal ideations. And, you know, thank, thank God I was able to like work through that and come through that. So when, I, when Father's Day came around this year, um, it came and it went. I didn't feel any type of way, but then we had to, at my job, everybody kind of reflected on Father's Day and they wanted us to talk. And I was just able to talk about it. I think, I don't want to say matter of fact, but it was definitely emotion to it. But um, I was genuinely able to still, I was able to feel happiness for people that could celebrate Father's Day and that do have relationships with their fathers, especially trans women that I know. But I also still had a little space for the sorrow for the young child that didn't have a father and for the woman that doesn't have a father. And I think for me, the destiny fulfilled is to be a person that um, can create space for my, um, my pain and sorrow as well as my happiness and my joy. And that the pain and sorrow doesn't have to like cripple me or doesn't have to take me out when it can exist. And a bitch has had to do a lot of work to get there, but I feel like 
so much of like my early transition and just my life has been about trying to fit into boxes and trying to be um, perfect to the point that I'm not feeling and to the point that I'm not I'm being human and to the point that I'm denying myself of experiences and I'm denying myself of people. And I think the more I learn and the more I kind of peel the layers of like, this is what a woman should be and this is what a woman should be to a man and you got to do this to get, the more I kind of step outside of that and I realize that shit is really gray. Shit is either or or both and um, the more I can feel um, at peace with myself, my transition, my gender dysphoria, and the more encouraged I am to just live my life and let the ch- and know that everything it doesn't have to look how I think it's going to look in my head, but everything is going to be all right and everything's going to be okay. And I know that was a lot, but um, I just really felt like I wanted to bring that into the space. Since I feel like you have something you want to say. Um, you're muted, sis. I do, I do, I do. Um, I want to say, I want to say thank you, ladies, for sharing your stories. And I really do believe that the fantasy fulfilled would not be would not be what it is without the journey. And one thing I know about us is we're all journey women here. We've all have a we have a beginning and a middle, and we're not anywhere near our end, so the journey still continues. And I want and 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 I do believe in the concept of you know as far as the fantasy fulfilled in the sense that I was a young child that did not believe, that had the fantasy that I could be this beautiful woman, that I could have a husband, that I could get a good degree, that I could live this this regular, regular life, but just not as a male because that's not ever who I identified as. And it was just a fantasy. It wasn't something that I thought could be possible or real. And if I fast forward till today, that fantasy in a lot of ways has been realized. But what you would be missing is the journey. And what I love about what you shared, Brianna, is how the relationship, um, the, our relationships oftentimes in life with other people are informed by our childhood and those formative experiences and how they affect our psyche and how we, how we be in the world. And for me, it's interesting because this last Father's Day, I had to, I had a conversation with my father that was so profoundly uh, forward thinking and uh, positive that I am forced to now accept that he has evolved and that we are getting to that place where another fantasy I had of us being okay is, re- is starting to be revealed, fulfilled. and. I have to rechange what I, how I identify. So a large part of my identity has been that trans girl that persevered in spite of the family that didn't see it. See, a lot of it was, a lot of my success, a lot of what I've done has been to, it, it was in spite, it was done in spite. It was like, I'm gonna win and you're gonna watch me win from afar. And so now I'm having to rechange what that looks like as my parents are evolving because I find myself still deep down holding resentment for things that they are, are, are for, for them for being at a place where they not are now, where they aren't right now, I should say. My parents have evolved, but my father in particular, speaking of fathers, you know, there is this myth in life that people who have fathers in their life on a regular everyday basis, that it, that it inherently means that your life is better. 
And I would say as an abused child, as someone whose father thought at, some, at one point, the way to handle this was to beat it out of me. I will say that I had a lot of resentment and that resentment informed how I engaged in relationships. And that resentment and that independence of I don't need a man, I don't need nobody, really informed how I showed up in the world. Um, and it even made me doubt that I could ever have the fantasy of happy relationship because I didn't know what healthy male engagement looked like for many, many years. Wow. So I find this very powerful that you brought that up, Brianna, because I do see that there are the, the other side of it where you don't have that relationship and how it can be affected. But if you do have that relationship, I also see how it can affect you as well. What are your thoughts, ladies? Does anyone else have anything they'd like to add? Angela? I do. So this past Father's Day, this is such an interesting conversation for me because Asia is well aware of the relationship that I have with my dad. Like my dad has been around my whole life and he is a good guy. Like, and he's a really good dad and I love him so much. And um, I wish I could say I was a daddy's girl. I'm not because I was raised a little boy, but I am a daddy's child. And it's just that my dad loves being a dad. And so I benefit from that. He's a guy who really enjoys being a father and he's always been there. And I have a lot of siblings and he has a relationship with each one of us. There's six of us. But what I will say that does not absolve me from daddy issues because I have them and they are strong. My father had no problem with me bringing boys home. And like, I took all this for granted. I had boyfriends in high school. And um, I mean, just my regular friends, my dad would just assume was my dude. And, um, but he did not like my femininity. It was a fucking issue. And like, he would, um, we had a talk. I don't know how old I was, but he came to me. I, I was out of high school and he said, listen, I don't care who you sleep with. I don't care who you date. I don't care who you bring home, but you are a man. And I raised you to be a man and you are going to be a good man. And so there was this like, the economy of growing up knowing that I had a good black man in my life as a father and I was being raised to be a good black man. And so I felt really guilty to be trans. I didn't have the language, but I felt guilty to be female, to be a woman, to be a woman identified in all the stages growing up. And so I have this resentment for him because, and it eats at me because he's a good dad, but he attacked my femininity so young and it was so specific. It's like, I can't relate to kids who grew up with their dads hating that they were even gay. Cause my dad, I mean, you know, he didn't care, but like it was attack, an attack on my, my womanhood. And so I find in relationships, I always expect to have a man. And I just had an aha moment in here because I complain a lot, <laughs> you know, about what I don't have. And it's something I'm still working on. And like, I often talk about, you know, my, ability to have a man in my life. And it's really the, the a certain type of relationship I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. But the aha moment is that I've, I, because my dad has always been around, I expect to have a man, but I'm really scrutinizing about what kind of relationship that's gonna be. And I do expect him to attack me in some way. Like it's a weird thing. Like I'm not really, I'm a little physically afraid of men, but I do expect men to attack my femininity at some point and they never do. So I'm always kind of left waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so I, mm -hmm. I sabotage relationships. So I'm really learning how to honor all of me and all of my relationships so that I can receive love whole without attacking it and expecting it 
to either not work out or bottom out in some way. Mm -hmm. I can relate a thousand percent to you saying waiting for the other shoe to drop. So I'm a girl that had a lot of shit happen to me in my 20s. And then it kind of turned for me. And I didn't do nothing special. It wasn't, you know, it was just it, life kind of started getting incrementally better year after year. But, but I, I find myself and even, you know, I'm in a very healthy relationship, but I still find myself sometimes still waiting on that shoe because that shoe was familiar. See, I've been gagged too many times to be too comfortable. And unfortunately, I feel like that has kept me from really being able to appreciate happiness. And so very much like what you were saying about like really talking about what you don't have and like how, was I, how I formed so much of my identity on having a difficult relationship with my parents. I, it was, it's so crazy because I have to remind myself that things aren't what they used to be, that I'm okay. And that if I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop, I'll never be present in this moment in a way that is happy and fulfilling because the destiny won't feel fulfilled if you don't accept that it is. Does that make sense? And like, I still find myself waiting for the shoe to drop. So I can totally relate to you, Angela. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Daigejo, do you have any comments on this topic? Um, It's real deep. It's, it's, um, can you guys see me or hear me? We can hear you. Yes, on. we can, darling. Okay. It's just, it's real deep when you guys take, I had taken this conversation because I'm like, oh, I thought we were talking about other things, but it, it just got real, like, <laughs> like real so serious. I'm, so, I'm sorry, girl. It just, it just, it just, it just, it just, something in my spirit just told me to um, bring that up because just when I think about like the fantasy fulfilled, like it, it's not it's not like even how I, I said in the introduction it's not about me like taking myself to do this nice thing these nice things and spending on myself it's the fact that i'm getting to the mass mindset where i have to make it a habit to practice that i'm valuable because for so long it was just like i was holding my breath for the right man to come or for the right situation to come to make me feel like i was cunt but bitch i was cunt all along like i was i was the girl all along and how could I really expect that like of a partner of a man if I couldn't even provide it or do it for myself? So like, it, it so for me, it makes me um, like, and I don't want to, I don't want to be the person that, that like the statistics are what they are for us as black trans women. Like the cards are what they are for us. And, you know, I believe, I believe all of that shit is real, but I also believe that, we have to do the extra work to value ourselves and prioritize ourselves because nobody else is not going to do especially men and i hate that especially like amongst black trans women how just like how with cis women how men can be used to divide and conquer us and um going back to your video that you put out how you said like this is the first year that you that you're doing things and you're not centering men or you don't have men and just how you've been able to pro progress so much and I I feel the same way like what like I want to look good for me like I want to do stuff that makes me happy and I want to and so much of our life is set up to be pleasing to to men and I, this past year and even moving forward. 
and this is not to say that I'm not attracted to men, that I'm never going to desire a man, that I'm never going to want to partner in a man with a man in the future. But no shade, I've spent so much time chasing men or chasing dick or whatever that I've been shitty to like the women in my life. The ones that when I go through something, they are always there. That I can all, and I just think about how much, how much we put so much into like these romantic relationships, but we don't nurture the relationships with the people that are always there for us. Like my trans sisters, my mom, like my, that are always there when I could pick up the phone right now and call them, I need, bitch, I got you. Or I just need to talk, oh girl, I'm here. I'm like, it's really challenged me to think of like, what is like a loving relationship? What is a fulfilling relationship? And also how can I be like, how can I give? How can I be in a place where I'm loving and give so that a, a portion of that could come back to me? Um, so yeah, that, that's just, that, I don't know. It just makes me want to go deep because I also, I know I'm a good person and I just, I just want to be better. It just, I, I want to be better. So like you said, Samaya, that I'm getting the most out of life, that I'm savoring the moment. I feel like with trans women, we're so busy we're waiting to like get these certain, we're waiting to get to a certain point in order to start loving ourselves. And for some of us, that point will never come. So it's just like, how are you replenishing yourself in the meantime? Can I jump in just really quick? I just yes. wanna sort of piggyback on a couple of things that you said. You know, I think for me, and when it comes to men, I, I've been doing a lot of self-reflection. And um, I'm really into understanding my part in all of my relationships because I'm not perfect and it is 50-50. And there is a reason why I have not had the relationships that I've wanted in my life. There's a reason why I haven't had any of the things that I've wanted. And it's all me. Like at some point you realize what doing the work is, you know, that's a really popular idea these days. And when doing the work is confronting yourself and confronting your shadows itself and confronting the things about you that you don't like, that don't work, that you need to improve, right? Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, I understand that I have to reorient men in my life. There's nothing wrong with wanting a man and wanting a partner and right. all of that. But how do I do that? How do I interact with men? How do I respect them? How do I respect me? All those things I had not thought about now that I can recognize that I have not had good relationships with men and I have daddy issues. What are those daddy issues? You know what I'm saying? So that, okay, oh, this is what a healthy male relationship will look like for me. And this is what I have to accept. And now this is what I have to be doing to get it. You know what I'm saying? So if for me, it's been a reorientation, a reprioritizing an understanding and a healing of self. Jaeja, there's. I want you to tell the story on here about how you had to shift your mindset when it came to dating, and how you now you're how you had to get to a place where you had to accept more for yourself. Oh, you remember which, that story you tell, girl? Which one? About how you had to fight the trade outside of your apartment, and that's how oh. you had your revelation, bitch. Yes. Oh, okay. So I'm here had the little, the little child, well, not child, but, you know, I had to do it over and, and it was huge and he was cute and, and it was big and good. And, you know, as he got up the next morning, I'm luxuriating in my bed, like fish, it was everything. <clears throat> Just that fast he got dressed 
And just that fast was like, I gotta go. I'm like, okay, cool. But I had hit my purse. Cause that's what you gotta do when it, you know, when you're dealing with those type of people. Always, yes. <laughs> you gotta put everything, you gotta do a whole sweep up to put all your, your good stuff away. This is what how I was living. And I hit my I hit my purse when I came down the hallway, I was able to see it. I wouldn't leave my purse like that. So I knew that he found it. I knew that he went into it and he was trying to go out the door. So as he was rushing to the door, I grabbed my purse and noticed there was no money. But what he didn't know and what the world didn't know was that I was broke as like broke, broke. I had no money. And the money that he had just taken out of my purse was my ass. And I didn't see any more money coming. So then it, it jumped into like survival mode because I'm like, you're going to have to give me, I can't call my family who I don't even speak to and say, hey, I was just having some bum ass motherfucker and he just took my last bit of money and now I'm really hungry. I can't do that. So we're in the hallway and I have, how come I can't see anybody? I can see you. I can see you. I, can see you. I just actually stopped my camera for a second, but you, <laughs> you can see us. We hear okay, her. This is my first time doing it, so I don't know if I can see anyone or not. Oh, you know what it is? You might want to switch the gallery view. Up at the top, it says speaker view, gallery view. You probably have us on speaker view. Um, it's just a, at the top right-hand corner. Or you should be able to swipe it. On mine, you can or swipe Or you should be able to swipe. If you're on the phone, you should be able to just swipe. Oh, now you can see all of us, can't you? Oh, okay. So, so continue, sis. Continue. Huh? Continue with your story. Hey, everybody. All right. So, um, so we're outside in the hallway. I'm in my bra and my panties. I don't even speak to my neighbors. And this man just robbed me, and he's trying to get away. Mm -hmm. So, I'm sitting here like, look, there's either you have a few choices. You can give me my money, or if you go down these stairs, I'm coming down these stairs with you, or I'm getting in the elevator with you half naked, and the world's gonna know what you just did because I'm going out there with you till I get my money, you know? So before we get to the corner, we're gonna both be on World Star Hip Hop, so let's do this. So he got nervous and called the police and told him that I was holding him here hostage. Now mind, we were in the hallway. He was afraid of me going outside with him, so he called the police. I said, great, they'll call, they'll come, and they'll see that you robbed me. So after a while, he was wearing my patience out on me, so I went to go run his pockets. He wouldn't give it to me. Then he called the cops again and told them that I had weapons, which I didn't. I'm standing there in my bra and my pants. So I said, I'm just going to wait for the police to come. Then I just lost all patience and was like, look, I'm ready. To, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm in the hallway. So neighbors who I don't even speak to, butt naked, screaming about money. Now I'm gonna fight. So when I went to go square up with him, he pulled the money out of his pocket and he gave me my money back and ran down the stairs. And in that moment, I was just like, girl, you can't keep thinking that these men are gonna treat you like a goddess or even a lady, the way you're meeting and what you're doing with them so fast. So from that moment, I was done with letting random men come into my apartment. I was done with dealing with the local trade. You know what I mean? And, and, and I started to elevate myself. The, the requirements to entertain me, you're going to have to ask me out on a date. Take me out someplace. Show me all. Spend a dollar. You know what I mean? Let's get to know each other that way. Versus my, my first time seeing you, you're coming through this door. And now they're killing us. Fuck robbing yeah. us. You know what I mean? So 
I just can't be one of those ones. I don't even want to be one of those ones. So I'm going to do everything to protect myself and not deal with that type of trash. Treat me like a lady, period. And you know what? I love that you brought that into the space. And here's because I feel like, so there are a lot of us in this community, We, whether it is a, by choice or whatever, we engage in hookup or hookup culture, or we engage in, um, you know, we may engage in sex work or whatever. But what's not often talked about that I'm glad you brought up is the reality that you could have vetted, you could have vetted the nigga, you could have had a conversation with him on the internet. Y'all, you, he came to your house, he didn't brutalize you right away or nothing like that. Y'all had a wonderful time. You, but this nigga took advantage of a vulnerable moment, searched your house, found your shit. And now if I fast forward, that that fight that you were about to have with him was real because he had your last. Exactly. The outside right. world. Looking at that, it's no telling all the assumptions that would have been made about you. It's no telling all the assumptions that would have made. And God forbid, let's say that nigga was just that crazy and he yeah. actually hurt you for trying to fight for your last dollar. The world would have been, and even in our own community, folks would have said, oh, well, you know, she shouldn't have had him over there and this and then the third and then would have been this whole judgment. Right. But like they don't do the same really shit too. Say again. Like they don't do the same shit too. Like they right. don't do the same shit too. The reality of it there is though is what's fucked up is our community a lot. And I'll say specifically, trans community and the black gay community, we will judge a girl, especially if something happens to her and we're ready to find a way to put the blame on her. On her. And you were doing doing nothing that no one else in America does that is single and trying to get a piece, okay? You didn't do anything wrong per se, but I love how you understood as a black trans woman, you had to raise that boundary up a little higher. For your, health, for your own safety. Yeah. I, had choice. I was going to have to fight this man. That was survival in that moment. I wasn't going to be able to eat anything. That's mm-hmm. how broke I was. And but in that moment, I was like, I am tired. You know how many times these men have come into my place and have walked out with the things that I've worked hard for. I've had a man in my car. You know what I mean? And be gone with it completely. So I'm like, to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again doesn't make any sense. The, show me, the world needs to see you with me. There should be some total stranger come in, hurt me or kill me. And then no one sees you ever or no one even looks for you again. Mm-hmm. Pause. Angela, you are sitting, bitch. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> right in this moment. Listen. You well, are thank you. Bitch. Well, thank you, madam. But it's, it's just, we. I feel like if you push them to do better, they, they have no other choice if they want you. Mm-hmm. It's true. I, I tell men all the time now, I'm, I'm a girl you show off. And if you don't think that, I can show myself off. You won't get the opportunity past that. And that's it. And I put those demands on them and they, and, and they, and they flow. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to teach people how to treat us because they all treat us the same. And we're all not the same. Right, right, right. Yeah, and they get shook. At least, you know, my experience have been, they'll get a little shook when you demand stuff from them, like, you got standards? Right, people like you don't. People like you don't. But but here's the gag. They got a million standards. 
They want you to be fish. They want you to be a certain height. They want you to have a certain shoe size. They want your tits to be a certain size. They need all of that just to do the minimum. Right? Yeah. But how dare you on the other side say, well, so you're going to have to break bread with the with the dog. I'm sorry. It is just, right. it, it, that, this is how it is. Because and that confirms for me that you actually value me enough. They want to get to know me outside of in my house fucking me. And right. that's the real truth that a lot of girls are not prepared to face. You do have that's to get to that where you be like, okay, listen, I am the master of how this goes. And if you're gonna be, if you're gonna be around me, if you're gonna get to experience this wonder, the the destiny I, fulfilled I, I, or the, the what was it called, the fantasy fulfilled, yeah, well, you're gonna pay for the fantasy. But I don't like necessarily for, mean money, but it does mean an investment of time and energy. That's right. Bitch, you are preaching that shit right but there. But I feel like for a, a lot of girls to get to yes. that point, they have to, they have to wrestle with the fact that they are trans and they have to work through that. And a lot of girls don't want to do that. Let me they tell love you, a vulnerable, they love a vulnerable girl. They love a vulnerable girl. Let me have this moment, right? I have been going around town and for years and years and years in life, I'm I'm trans and I'm proud. I'm trans and I'm proud. I'm trans and I'm proud. But yet, the first moment a cisgender black woman says to me, you know, quote, what's the famous thing they like to say to us? You know, because you're just jealous of me, you know, because I'm every man. want to be right. I'm, 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 you, you know, that, that whole thing. And it would right. make me angry. It made me more mad than any fucking thing. And I'm like, why do I have that reaction? Why don't you have, have wanted to like kill this bitch for saying something so terrible to me? Why? Because there was truth in it. I was mm. a way that mm. I was born cisgender. I was the mm. way. And my heart that hurt me that I wasn't mm. going to be able to 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 have a a war a, a baby the way a cisgender woman um could. That hurt me because that was my dream. And in that moment, when I saw that moment, I was like, wait, so bitch, are you trans and you proud or you have to accept the fact that this is your path and you will never, no matter what surgery you ever have, you will never be that, you would never be a cisgendered woman to be able to do that. To for your body. And that's okay. Huh? And that's okay. And that's perfectly fine. The path that was laid out for you was the trans experience. Bitch, you better live in that mm. shit. And the moment I got to yes. that place in life, bitch, is when I felt an elevation in everything. Mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically, I changed. It Come changed on, prophetess. <laughs> you better breach the gospel. It changed with magic. It was like I had to get to that place in life. To really see, no, bitch, you, your beauty lies in you being transgendered. Your, your, your amazingness, your goddess. I don't. I feel like I'm more than a female. I'm more than a male. I walk in supreme goddess energy every day. Mm. Yeah. No, that's why I like. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Oh, you're not right. You're, you're, you're a man. You're not a woman. No, bitch. I'm more than all of that. Mm. I'm sure. And God, and God chose me to have this experience. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And more importantly, bitch, I got the belt marks on my fucking back to, to, to prove that they tried to beat it out of me. I got beat for this shit. And I've had to fight my whole existence just for this woman right here that you see. And as scary as this shit is, bitch, it was well worth the fucking fight. I'm worth trained. It, right? bitch. I'm fulfilling every fancy fantasy I, if i think it i'm i'm seeing it 
if it's a hairstyle, if it's a job, if it's a type of man, if it's a trip, if it's a Angela taught me, she reintroduced to me a different level of manifestation. Man, and Angela, I, would, I feel like you got something to say. You want to come in here really fast? Who me? Yeah, you look earlier. You you appeared. Well, you I did, but I think it's just sort of piggybacking on everything that Asia is saying. It's like that. Under I want to go ahead and let her finish. No, go and ahead. I'm finished. Hmm. I'm finished. Cause you well, know, I'll just keep going. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just thinking about you know living in that truth, living in owning that you're trans. You know, the truth is for those who have really watched my channel. I don't know how many of you I really have. Like I talked about in the beginning, one of the things that really kept me from transitioning right away was my own transphobia, you know? Um, and it was really a phobia because I hated it. <laughs> like I, I always, I was raised with some room to be myself. Um, my dad and my mom and my stepmom really let, let kids be themselves. I think when you have a lot of kids, it's too much to police them so strongly now. My gender was policed. So, but I was, so I grew up a, a bit genderless. And so, and I was treated that way for so long because I looked so young. And so when I really started to understand what the trans was that I would have to make this change, I resented it. And so, it's only up until now with everything that I've been through that I'm really honestly embracing all of me. And it has a lot to do with my, grat my gratitude practice. I'm seeing those changes now that the world opening up to me in a way. And it's funny because my dad said to me in his crass, but loving intentional way, he's like, you know, you had to really, <laughs> I'm sorry, because it's crass, but he was like, you know, you really need to embrace this transvesticism of who you are and like, and <laughs> my dad, let me just say, my dad, I just talked to my dad, but my dad thinks he's Huxtable. So he had all of us in a room, we were all chilling and we were drinking and having a good time. He's like tell, telling each one of us how special we are. And he's like, and you, you need to embrace that that transvestism and it's part of who you are. And I'm like, oh God, but I know what you mean. But thank, like, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> I know, because it was, so like he's so seventy. He was trying. He was, he was trying. trying. And um, but I got it. And even then, he said it again to me recently. He's like, "This, you know, this is your gift. It's like the thing that people uh, punish you for." He's like, "This is what makes you special, Angela." And I was like, "No." And but then I was like, "Okay, why am I keep saying no?" I mean, it's just it is what it is. It's like it's like I'm only denying myself, and it's okay to live in that space. And and um, I've had this. Um, Cause so this is a sidebar and I don't know, I feel like when, before I transitioned and I was talking to somebody about this recently, you know, I was told that I would be, you know, why would I want to transition? I'm too tall. I'll never be attractive. And um, I'm going to look like a man, but I did it anyway. And so passing right away, like it did for me has always shaped my transition. And I'd be lying if I say my ego hasn't used it as a way to feel superior in some ways. And so I've had a lot of unpacking to do. And so I find that it's been now when having everything done that I want to have, especially recently FFS, I'm able to sort of like, okay, really embrace really being trans and, and, and feeling special about it. Does that make sense? Like yeah. really embrace it with all of who I am. You know, a lot of what Brianna and I have had this conversation several times and it's, I'm excited, it's exciting to have 
other trans women that can relate on the pod of redefining realness. Um, we have, we realized, and I think for part of my journey was understanding that I had to be okay with who I was, even if I never quite get to see that fantasy girl in the mirror. And I want to be really clear with that, with, with a lot of our younger viewers that may be listening right now. I know that there are some of you that are wondering if I will ever see that thing that I imagine in the mirror. And I would, I would challenge you to see, to try to look for the beauty in yourself. Because ultimately what I found was I had put so much of my stock and that pride in being a girl that could kind of navigate. And I re didn't realize how much of my personality, how much of the way I act, talk, walk was, was really a, a survival strategy to try to get through. To try to to try to to try to prove to the world that yeah I might be trans but you won't say she's not a lady, and then what does a lady mean? And so then I was trying to fit into these very narrow boxes on what girls do and what boys do and how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to be. And a big part of my deprogramming, because that's what I call it, was realizing that as a goddess, a trans goddess, as you say, as I say, also Jayasha, is understanding that. I wasn't designed to fit in a box. I will never fit in anybody's box because I am bigger than any box they ever thought they could put me in. Yes. And when you realize that power as a trans person, there is no way that woman can come to you and then say, oh, well, you don't have a pussy. Or if you do have one, you'll never be able to have kids because I have a uterus and this and that and the third. Even the women that say that, they know deep down that's a cheap shot. They know deep down that that does not equate a woman because they got girlfriends that don't have uteruses. They have older women in their lives that can no longer have children. You don't cease to be a woman because you can't bear a child. But they know that it's a cheap shot because they understand and they, they've at least observed us to know that we do very much care what other people think. Yeah. So what a better way to attack you in your heart, in your pride. Bitch, you might be prettier than me. Bitch, your outfit might be better than mine. Bitch, the car you pulled in may, may, may fit me, but you don't have this pussy and you don't have this womb. And, and when you have, when you realize that your experience, like you said, will never be that of a womb, of a, of a, of a, of a life bringer, of a womb bearer, when you understand that and you understand that that does not minimize your experience, it is a freeing thing. Because now I can cackle when that's brought to the table. You yeah. can keep that cycle, sis. I don't yeah. need one. And I'm going to still end up raising your kids anyway that you just own. So why is it as step, the reason, I believe that the reason why we, we don't have that gift is so we can be mother to many. Because see, many of us have ministry in us. And I that's believe true. That is so true. That, the, that our transness connects us to God in a special way because I believe that a God that created male and female and woman and man and all these other things is a trans God. It's a God that is not it's genderless. I feel like we label God because it's convenient in our patriarchal society to call God man or male. But I do believe that the true closest divinity is those of us that lie in the in-between because that's true spirit realm. 
Because you can't deny without me. I truly believe when I see other trans people, I'm looking in the face of God because I understand that there is something that I can't control, something that is beyond my comprehension because I live and I know that I'm a woman, but I know also how I was born. So when you, and when you reconcile the two, no one can take that from let me let me That's say so true. Let me let me say this right. When I when I was living a life of trying to fit, I guess what we thought realness was, mm-hmm. it, it it's something that kept me back from shining the way I like to shine in this world because. Mm-hmm. I, trying to fit into, oh, they don't do this. You know, when I started transitioning, you didn't wear makeup. If you had to wear makeup, bitch, you couldn't consider yourself a a, a, a woman or real or, or whatever. So my genre and my genre um, uh, uh, time of girls, we missed the whole like um, genre of like painting the art of drag and getting up in them because we just didn't do it. And then I was just being your cut girl around the way, but that's not the woman I dreamed to be. So it kept me pulled back. And then when I when when I was trying to fit in and be cisgendered, when someone would clock with the very old ass man, it would ruin my spirit. It would ruin my energy, it would ruin my day, it would ruin everything. And once I truly, truly accepted that fact of walking in goddess energy and the fact that by by way of being trans, bitch, you can't clock me. I'm not hiding. Right. I'm not, I'm not in hiding. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm walking down the street and I'm hoping everyone knows because bitch, I'm that prideful in, in this journey. What does it feel like to live? What does it feel like to be that confident in yourself where you don't give a, f- As a matter of fact, I want you to know. I, right. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping and I'm thinking that you know so that when you give me my compliment, you know that you are complimenting a transgendered woman that's walking her absolute truth. No my, yeah, my my personal goal in life, and I think I've said this on the show before, I want to live in a world that I can get clocked and I can still go on about my business or go on about my right. day I where I don't have to face violence. I don't, because I am trans and there's nothing wrong with knowing, but I shouldn't die because of it. Like, that's the world I want for the girls, for us to get clocked and it just be water off a duck's bag. Like, it mm-hmm. is, it is, it is what it is because I am what I am. So I, you know, I know that's not the reality now, but I hope we can get there. So that because if I'm if I'm walking and I'm confident, like you can you can't conceal like trans energy. It just emanates, and people pick up on it. People, it's a spirit. It's a being. People pick up on your your transness, and like you said, I want you to see. Like I want you to, and that's. Get, get into all this work. All yeah, of this kind of like the shit this, that we had to do. Go ahead. Right, I'm not- right. And kind of like this physical journey that I've been on where I I kind of feel like I've been like stripping and taking away and just getting down to the bare bones of me physically. How you perceive, I've already got to that point that people are going to see what they want to see and they're going to perceive you how they want to perceive you. But when you experience me, you're going to experience the soul and the essence of a woman. And now that matters to me more 
than how people perceive me physically. Because I know that when you sit down and have a conversation with me, I know you I, when you interact with me, you're going to feel the essence of not just this alluring woman, but a woman that is smart, a woman that is confident, a woman that has something going for the herself. And now at my age, at 32, that's kind of important. That's more important to me than me just being able to pass and being able to look fish because there was a lot of silence in that. And I don't really feel like I was able There's to There's a lot of what in that? Silence. And I don't mm. feel like I was able to express myself or interact um, in a way that was authentic to who I am as a person. Because I like getting up in drags. I like getting up in drags. <laughs> I like it. You know what? It's nothing wrong with that. And I want to talk about that because there are the, there's this mentality in community that if you can get through you should, that your goal should be to fly below the radar. There's even a mentality in our community, you should stop participating in certain community activities when you get to a certain part of your transition because they believe, well, you a woman now and women don't do this. And I want to push back on that narrative even amongst ourselves because what I will say is, is that trying to fit in the box, that minimizing, that trying to fit into this respectability politics version of what woman is, because what we all know is that women are complicated that there is no such thing as an archetype of a woman. We know that there are masculine of center women. We know that there are women that are flamboyant. We know that there are women that get paint down, that get in full high drag to go and sit at the bus stop. We see it. We, we know that it exists in the realm of women for women to be creative and express themselves how they want. But as trans women, there's like this limit, this box that we even put ourselves in a community, which is why I say I'm all about transcending boxes where we even tell ourselves, oh girl, she would be cute, but why is she wearing that color? That color is not her get through. Why is she wearing this? Why does she look this way? And what ends up happening, you live your life even wondering what the community is going to say, what your friends going to say, what people are going to say. And ultimately you're not really embracing yourself. I have to push myself all the time to really alpha. I'm that girl that will go to the store, see the most fabulous motherfucking pink hair and the most fabulous outfit, and we'll look and go, yeah, but girl, I won't get through. And and, 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 and I still struggle with that. So I don't want to make it like I'm this fully aware person and I don't have those issues. But I love, Jayasha, that you talk about embracing that hot, that, that inner drag queen, that inner flamboyance, that extraness, that sparkle, that magic that we have, that the world beats out of us. Because ultimately, if we weren't worried about what other people think, think about how much bigger we would and how many more people we would intimidate by that personality. Because see, they only catching us that have math. Right. They're not even catching the full thing. Wait, what if they did? And what would the world look like if all trans women really embraced all that we are? Because see, a lot of the cis women now trying to give our effect. They really are. Yeah, that's all the way down to the all the way down to the face film. Shout out to you, um, K Michelle. It's a lot of girls that's going, <laughs> it's a lot of girls all the way down to the face them that are that are going for this high, this look that was a strategy of survival for us. And what's crazy is, is now you see trans women kind of like shying away from being too flamboyant. But, but, but meanwhile, they, they've taken what they wanted from our culture. Let's not act like they don't watch Pose and these other shows and borrow and take bits and pieces and then come out with the 199 lashes the next day. Let's not act like they're not doing it because they are. But I, I'm just glad that you've embraced that, Jayasia. And I just want to encourage our listeners out there, get into yourself. Get, if you like it, we love it. The world should be. Fuck the world. If you like it, that's all that matters. Just do it. In, go ahead, Angela. 
No, gosh, I'm thinking so many things that my overarching feeling is that, you know, being able to live as women without a goal for our womanhood. I think what's special about being trans is, a, is an awareness and acknowledgement and acknowledgement of the woman, of our woman, of our goddess. But I think too, there's sometimes this pressure to be shaping or to be doing or to, to you know, like sometimes I see transness that is performative. And I think that have the audacity, kind of like you said, to be truly who you are, whatever that is. Like if you are playing and it's really, really, really who you are, live in it and don't feel as though you have to do because you're trans, do you know what I mean? Uh-huh, yes, 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 yes. Jaisha, darling, keep your, keep your pillow, baby. You know, the pillow, make sure you keep it on your lap. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't need to show her. Just so we can keep it, you know, G-rated. She, she's letting us know that the fantasy is fulfilled. It's fulfilled. I, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. God. <laughs> no, it's no problem, sis. I just wanted to give you that heads up. Thank but, you. I appreciate it. But yes, as a community, we really gotta, we really gotta push beyond this performativeness, this performative transit. Also, I love, and Brianna, you talk about this too your experience of identifying as a queer woman. Because I know there are people that will hear that and go, wait. Hold up, before we say queer, that does not mean I date women. I'm not in I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm (laughs) I'm actually asking you to explain that concept because I feel like that's important too. Embracing, and I hate to use that word because it's triggering for me too a little bit. (laughs) 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 But embracing our queerness (laughs) <laughs> I think can I can I can I talk on that really fast? Yes, yes. Because I think a few things. I think about so there was there was a moment in time where it was becoming uncool to be binary identified. Like we live in the LGBTQIA plus community now where non-binary has a really strong presence, but you know, there are those of us who do identify on the binary. You know, that was the catalyst for my own transition, right? And so when I think about um, identity, I think for me, it wouldn't be authentic to not acknowledge the life experience I had from at least 15, 16 to 30 when I was, you know, in a male body dating men, you know what I mean? So there was a queerness that went along with that. Um, Although it was always awkward because underneath it all, I was a woman and, you know, that affected all my relationships, but um, there, for me, there's a lived experience that um, juxtaposed sits right up against, you know, my womanhood. And so for me, I do feel, I feel, I don't know, like, I think if I were to explain it, I feel like, can I first say, this is what I wanted to say earlier, and I'm going to get really right back on track. I feel cis. Like, I feel like I am what I was meant to be. I have, I feel the same. I've always felt regardless of what I was presenting. And so like in my gender, like one of the hardest things I had was this idea of transitioning. Like I'm changing my body very specifically, but I'm not changing anything else about me. And so like, I feel very, I think too, some of it comes from a place of male privilege, but like, I feel really this in myself that makes sense like this I feel 
rooted in the righteousness of what my gender is and how I was born. Does that make sense? Outside of my genitalia. And so it informs my identity in that, like I feel that my, I don't know, I feel that my 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 woman female expression is just as real as, as before I transition. And so I feel like a straight woman who has had a queer experience. And so that is my my queer identity because it's not consistently heterosexual. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes. Part of I think it's also accepting redefining realness. It's no longer pretending like we have that no longer pretending like there wasn't that experience. And I'm not saying that you necessarily identify with that experience all the time because you said you always felt like a woman inside, but I would be remiss and I would be doing a disservice to that scared little boy that I was as a, as a young child if I denied that child by, by, and, and the experience of being that child. Because the reality of it is I wasn't getting beat for being a girl that was feminine. I was getting beat for being a boy that was feminine. I was being policed as a boy. I had the experience of living and navigating and trying to navigate male spaces and never meeting the cut. But that's still an experience that came along with my boyhood, my childhood. Now, right. That doesn't take away that at the earliest convenience, bitch, I got the fuck, you know, I did what I had to do. But I, for so long, that part of my, part of my realness was keeping that, when I was never discussing my childhood, was never really getting into the nuts and bolts of me being an athlete as a child, a, a runner that was nationally ranked, of me not talking about that because that would then cast this, oh, this, this cast of maleness or boyness over my womanhood. And so like fully reconciling myself meant understanding that there was a before, there is a middle, and eventually there will be an end. Again, the journey that we talked about earlier, really embracing and really understanding that all of me, all everything that I have, the sum total of my experiences made this woman I am today. And that's wonderful. And that's okay, good and bad. All of those things made me. And to deny any of those things is still to operate in that nebulous place of, I don't really want to be my full self or embrace my full truth. Because that is my full truth. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. I absolutely understand it. It has colored my life, especially post-transition. When I think about how I take up space, it has really colored my life when I think about how I will take up space with a partner, because I think that's been some of my anxiety and that my womanhood will eventually be attacked by my man because my queerness is gonna show in some way that is unpredictable to me and therefore I cannot manage and control. Can right. I give you an example for my real life? So I'm married, and in my real life, I had a lot of ideas because I was told as a young boy what a wife was supposed to be. And that shit was toxic, okay? It wasn't even healthy. So then as I transition, I enter into this marriage, and I'm trying to pretend to fall into this idea of what a woman was that would never actually apply to me. That I was okay saying I'm trans, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a NATO woman and I'm okay with that and that's not a problem. But I didn't really realize how that really hit when I'm now in a relationship and I was in, in my household, the women did the dishes and they did the, you know, and, the, and I didn't have those chores. And so now as an adult, like having to deal with like, you know, housekeeping and shit and, and, and that kind of stuff, I wasn't necessarily 
empowered as a child, particularly because my parents were trying to police my gender very heavily. My dad was very particular about me not doing girl things. And so I, it shows up in my relationship because I will never be the, the perfectly groomed housewife, the perfectly groomed woman. I'm going to be a lot more demonstrative. I was, my daddy told me to walk tall, talk tall, stand tall, and don't never let a nigga punk you. So now I'm entering with that energy in a relationship. That is so aware. Looking like that is looking so like self-aware. It's the, it's the same. We were raised to be gentlemen. We were raised to be men. Yes. That's what we were raised to. That complicates that that whole mentality still complicates my dating because men approach me, they see this pretty girl, and 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 they approach me in that type of way, like a message and a woman to be a woman. So that means I have to feel or be less than you and depend on you in a way that I'm not comfortable. You know what I mean? And it's real hard because of the mentality of how I was raised, that I should be a provider, you know what I mean? That I should um, take, you know, get a wife and take care of her and provide a family. And it, or, it, or just be always able to take care of yourself and right. not kind of depend on nobody to do it for you. Yeah, that that's, part. But also, yeah. you got to keep in mind, my journey into this world was so early. Remember, I left my mother's house when I was 14. And, and I legally emancipated myself by 16. So by law, I was, I've was i been responsible for myself since then. You know what I mean? So when I needed a coat on my back, I had to put it on my own back. When I needed to, to eat, I needed to do it myself. So I've grown up taking care of myself in a way. And there are men there that along the way and you know, that, that have been a help. And there are men still today that are like, look, I got the money, come here with me. I'm just like, I just don't want to live that fantasy with men anymore because they treat you in a way that I don't feel like I can deal with being treated just for that coin. I can't do it anymore. Been there, done it. You know, my obstacle is that I find, you know, you're a pretty girl out in the world and... Hold on, I'm sorry, guys. That's all right. Okay. Sorry. Um, you're a pretty girl out in the world and men approach you. And I sometimes feel like there's a, an expectation, an expected way that they intend for you to respond. Like I did not get raised as a girl. I did not grow up dating boys in high school as a girl. Now I have boyfriends, but it obviously I was not a girl, so it was different. And so I find sometimes my response to men, I can tell it's not what they expect or not what they're used to. And, and then this, so then there's that energy that I have to deal with. Does that make sense? This goes back, I think this goes back to the point that the lioness was trying to make me, I'm trying to make about me, particularly why I have chosen to identify as a woman that is queer. So let's be clear, I still like men, but it, it's important for me to acknowledge that about myself and for like me entering into like a dating situation that I'm clear about who I am and that any man that wants to date me or take me seriously, they're clear about what they're signing up for. Because though I might look how I look or I can, I can easily check off boxes, bitch, I'm not sis. I'm not sis, so I'm gonna come with a different experience. I'm gonna come with a different energy and you kind of have to be unhinged in the way that you're open to the possibilities that I'm going to, not only am I gonna show up differently, 
now I'm at a point because I love myself so much that I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not going yeah. to um, diminish myself because I can't live up to the standard of what a woman is. And so for me, that's why it's important to put that qualifier because ultimately I'm only looking to be with men that have went on that soul journey for themselves. And in my opinion, somebody that's looking for a cis woman, they're going to be less likely to go on that journey or to have that 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 deep level of interrogation to prepare room to be with somebody in love and give me the type of love or to give me the type of space that I require. Not saying that it's impossible or they can't work to it, but I think we have to be realistic that because we have this goddess energy, because we go on this journey, it's going to be different. And we have to give us ourselves enough space to actually confront those differences and talk about them head on instead of acting like they don't exist. I I hear that. And that makes a lot of sense to me, but I don't know that I can completely be 100% on board with it only because of my experience. And I feel like part of me taking responsibility for the um, experiences that I've had with men is me self-sabotaging really good opportunities. Like I've met, I've, okay, listen, you know, we all get a pro. So we've all met a lot of men. I mean, that's just what it is. And so, you know, I've met dudes, don't know, then you tell them and then they're okay there are certain scenarios that typically will happen after that. Either they either just want you for sex or they're, they're curious and want to see, or they're really, I have been surprised by some men. I don't want to say they just don't give a fuck, but like you never know what someone's capacity is. And I mm-hmm. think that I've been in a couple of situations with, with dudes that I had to realize I'm the one fucking this up because I can't believe that they are cool with all of this. And there were no issues. Like I had a friend actually say to me, yo, like I'm not hearing the problem where he wasn't feeling you. And like, I've had conversations with men where I realized I am the problem. Like they've told me like, I don't have a problem. Why are you making one? Do you know what I mean? So I think it's still my experience getting in the way of the relationship, but it's how I relate to it. Which is something I feel like for me, I just have to be honest about what being open to the possibilities, and that's also my own journey of being open to receiving love and receiving knowing that you're worthy of something good in a situation and expecting it to be there so that you can experience it. And you know what? I think that is very, very powerful what you just said. Um, I can relate to feeling like I self sabotage thing because. I wasn't yet at an evolved enough place to appreciate what he was offering me. And it doesn't matter how good it is if you don't, if you don't want it, if you don't or know don't, Or if you don't recognize it. Right, if you don't even have the capacity to, to receive it. I didn't have room into my storehouse to receive love for a lot of my adult life because a part of my narrative was to do things in spite of. And so then- Which is- Cutting you off. <laughs> it's cutting me off completely. Because right? now I'm not open. I'm, I'm a, I want you in my life, but I'm not open to really receiving the love you're offering me because I've already made up in my mind that what you're offering me is not possible. So therefore, you have to be a liar. There's something about this that ain't right because you're saying all the right things. And I have sabotaged very help, what, what could have been possibly very successful things in my past 
and I've had to face the karma for it, to be honest, because I've done some niggas raggedy that actually was trying to give me my life. But because yes. I because I couldn't receive yes. it, I was very much like, okay, girl, well, I'm not, I'm paying that, like that. Yeah, that's cute. And then you look back at it and you wonder what could that have been if I was in a place where I could receive love, could receive that's it. That is that. What the hard part about that is, you only learn that lesson when you are in the doing without, because you recognize, wait a minute, why am I feeling like this? I need to really look at this. Would it? I, Wait a minute. I'm not messing out. Oh, he was for real? <laughs> he really didn't have an issue. Oh, snap. Oh, he was really serious. Like, he was really feeling me. Or this treatment was real. I'm so used to, I have decided that what I want doesn't exist. So when it's in front of me, I cannot receive it. Like, I was a fool, you know? And I think it's par for the course. I think, you know, we are also all susceptible to what is out there about trans women, you know, the stereotypes and we listen to it and we believe it. And that's a problem of just being an American and being, you know, a citizen of, of any state and dealing with this propaganda, you know, but we have to remind ourselves of who we are so we don't get washed with the mess. You know what I mean? Um, like, you know, it's people it used to get on my nerves. People, I just don't understand why you're single and this and that. And like, you know, why am I? Why you know? Why am I? How about okay, you, my business? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you say? How about you mind your business? How about you mind your business? I'm so no, no I no. I guess I guess for me it's the because I go saying to myself, if it's something I want, then why not? And and you know what I mean? Because it it can be there for you if you want it. Yeah, but those people who ask us questions still should mind their fucking business. They should. They, should, they absolutely should. I'm on disagree. Can we talk about that a second? Can we talk about the need to feel like it's our job to educate and explain and cajole and help people get to a place where they can understand? I just that is not my job. People come to us and say, I just want to understand. That is not our ministry. Can you talk a little bit about that, Jaisha? Listen, I... This is why you guys don't see videos of me or sitting on people's platforms anymore. It's because I'm just exhausted of having this conversation about my womanhood with people. I'm no longer doing it. It's, it's, and it's going to sound terrible, but it's how I feel. Me discussing my womanhood with anyone else outside of like circles like this is beneath me. I'm done having it because what, if you want to have a conversation with me, let's talk about what respect is. Then I want to talk about that outside of who I am as a woman and as a goddess, as a trans woman. I'm, I've been having the same conversation for 18 years with the same people. You don't get it. It's cool. You don't have to. I'm going to stay in my lane. You stay in yours. That's it. But also you're living your life. No shame. I'm living my life. Exactly. I don't care if people think it's in stealth. I don't care if people think it's, you know, trans or not or or privileged or not, it, I work hard like everyone else do. And that's it. I'm exhausted having the trans talk with the same people who refuse to see it any other way. All right, you are entitled. I grew up with the same mentality. I'm good. Because I don't need you for anything. When I walk down the street, people are approaching me. You want to tell me how you feel about me? I didn't ask. I didn't ask. There's nothing that you're going to say is going to change anything. 
I didn't the know. Fa- the famous FIFA food is you shutting the fuck up. That's the famous That's FIFA food. <laughs> That's it. You minding your business that pays you. That's all I need you to do. Because I'm never going to ask you how you feel about me. I'm not going to ask those questions. You know, it's a lot to people to expect us to explain all the time. Like, I'm in a space in my life where um, I'm not. I'm not out at work, but I'm not stealth either. It's just none of your fucking business. Image. And I'm close like that. Like, yeah, like you don't know me like that. And I'm not obligated to talk about my transness with you. Like, I know there's some people at work who know. I know some people who don't know. And I don't give, you know, like my bosses wanted to discuss it. I'm not discussing it with you. I don't want to talk about transness with you, trans topic, because you're not an ally. And it's, 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 um, it's a novelty. So I'm not interested. I'm not, you know, you're, you can't have my energy. Also for sis people, it costs too really, much. You can't afford my energy. So no. Yeah. And when you're really friends with cis people, it'll naturally, like if we're really friends and you're cis, it'll naturally, it won't be this big conversation because it will casually come up in my conversation. Yeah. Because that's just a getting to know you. Right. And you know what? That's very powerful. So one thing I do, one thing I do in my professional life is I give cultural competency training for people. And the first thing I tell them to do, first thing I tell them to do, what I'm about to tell if you, I, I make, I make very clear the appropriateness of forum. When I'm here and you're paying me for this booking fee, my consultancy, my, my fees have been paid and I'm here and I'm giving this training. This is where I feel comfortable discussing it because you paid for this information. In the street, at the grocery store, you don't need to know how my motherfucking mama feel. You don't need to know what surgery I done had. You don't need to know shit about me because the forum is inappropriate. And what I tell people is, it is really none of your fucking business. It is a privilege to have somebody sit down and tell you about their life, but you don't get permission to just ask me. And I, my big thing is, you know, when people ask me the, 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 that famous, can I ask you a personal question? No, I don't nope. ask a personal question. No. I don't know you. And if you have to preface it, then that means you can ask. Can I squeeze this can of bear mace in your face, bitch? Yeah. I, I answer that question with a big no. <laughs> you know, when people ask me that, I am very comfortable saying no. I've had people, can I ask you a personal question? No. no. <laughs> and the people, they people go, they, they go, okay, no. If you need to preference or preface, my bad, you need to preface, I'm not interested. It's inappropriate. You already know. And the reason why you're prefacing it is because you already know what you're about to ask me is inappropriate. You're You're asking if you permission to respect me. me. It always, always, always goes too far. They always go too low. And then after listening, then they want to give their judgment on it. And now whose fault is this at the beginning of this? This is mine for you. It's my fault. Because I told you to fuck on from dumb. (laughs) No. you any further it's finished i'm done with it even at work now i was transferred to a new branch i don't even bring it up and not that i'm thinking that they don't know i'm sure they know but it's not something i want to discuss anymore with these and it's not relevant to you doing your job and being a productive member of society i want to learn how to count the vaults close it open it tell express i want to that's the only thing i want to focus on you uh, on with here everything else Let's just keep it keep just just keep it nice. I'm just this this topic for me is exhausting. Right. Yeah, it's it is. Thing. 
So, so I think we've had a long, productive conversation. So I'm definitely going to close it out. But before no, I, I, but when I said it's exhausting, I mean, um, you know, when people approach me about the labor of having to educate strangers who have not done anything to deserve that education. Right. That's what I mean. That's exhausting. Not not what we were doing. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. No, this was not exhausting. It was, a, it was a joy. It was a pleasure. But before I go, I just want to give y'all ladies, y'all flowers, Angela, Jaeja, y'all know who I feel about y'all. I love y'all so fucking much. I um, love you so much. Thank y'all for, thank y'all for coming on. Thank y'all for being in conversation and sisterhood with us. And I, I hope I hope we can um, do this again and I think before we go, I, I guess I'll just give you um, you all the last time to share your final thoughts. What do y'all want to leave the 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 listener? What advice do you have for like young new transitioners or young trans girls trying to figure it out and find their way? Mind mind the business that pays you. Get your name changed immediately. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Drink a lot of water, take a lot of hormones, and let yourself develop and be the fantasy that you dream to be. Whatever that may be, be it. Work towards it, work hard towards it, and that's it. I would like to say, know your worth. Know your worth. Take your time. because It, it will be worth it. And um, uh, use your resources. Not only do you need to use your resources, gather your resources, bitch, because you will need them. It's really important. And I mean it in every way that you can imagine. Yeah. And where where can the people find y'all at? Jaisha. Social media. Oh, um, Facebook for me is Jaija Kylie, um, J-Y-A-S-I-A-K-Y-L-E-E on Instagram, NYC. Starlet with two T's. I am um, YouTube Angela.Nari, K-N-A-R-I, Angela.Nari. On Instagram, I'm Angela.Nari, K-N-A-R-I. And also on YouTube, I'm Nari Girl, which is just K-N-A-R-I-G-I-R-L. Girl, the, the, cha- the chases, now the chases know y'all information. So they're going to be sending y'all friend requests and looking for y'all, so. Be- <laughs> don't scare them, girl. It, don't- <laughs> what, what, what's new? What, what would be new? Yeah. Girl, we've been in the game for a long time. <laughs> I do yeah. want to say this because I said this earlier off air, but I wanted to revisit it. I, you know, Asia and I have a history of being on social media and people think we're the same person. So I wanted just to take this opportunity to say we're, we're two different people, but this is one of the most important bitches in my life. Asia um, and I have a relationship that I don't have with anyone else. We pump each other up like no other. Asia has been there for me in my life through some of the most difficult moments. And she's been my cheerleader, she's been my sister, she's been my mother. You know, she's she's been a real sister friend to me, and um, we are spiritually um, related. And I'm very grateful for her friendship. It's it's grateful. It's important to me because she's trans and she's black and she's dark like I am, and that kind of a mirror 
through this world and connection um, is very affirming. It's I really important. It. I want Thank you to that. You're I want welcome. You to know that that your energy today, your wisdom, your insights, and just everything about you has been greatly appreciated. I want you ladies to also both know we. I know that the fans are going to live. And I'm going to ask you on camera and put you on the spot. Hopefully you will come back on, ladies. Will y'all come back oh, on? Absolutely. Oh, this absolutely. was a dream. The, the thing is this, you you don't you don't visit up, up here too often. Rihanna knows, like, she knows every time pretty much when she comes, she was making it a habit to stop over here. So if you're ever up here in New York, honey, I would love to fry some, some fish, have some tacos. Because no, bitch, where's my fish No shade. Yeah, you're speaking to my little South Carolina heart with this fish now, girl. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, we all have a connection of, of just love and respect for each other. And when we can meet up, honey, we do. And it's always the same energy. It's always a fab energy. And I've met you once, but we've been connected since meeting, you know, and, and we lift since each other. Since that trans march that was revolutionary, honey. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the march that went into the park? <laughs> that march? But you It did go to the park, didn't it? <laughs> you, Jaisha, you were there. <laughs> it, that's not a read. We did make that left down that street and turned it you to were, that park. You were there, Jaisha. So, yeah. yeah. We got to take a picture from like a like a few blocks away. <laughs> <But> it, was, <laughs> it, was it was cute. But take us on up out of here, sis. Well, 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 for our listeners right now and everyone under the sound of my voice, we thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your love and your support and your patronage. For all of our YouTube subscribers, we love you. To all of our Facebook subscribers and our subscribers on Patreon. We sincerely appreciate all of your love and support. And without you, we wouldn't be where we are today. If you would like to support a Black trans business, feel free to go onto Patreon and subscribe to Box Number 512 Podcast. We thank you for all of your love and support. And we ask that you pardon our progress as we grow to greater futures. This has been another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black trans woman talking. I am one of your co-hosts, the Lioness. And I am Aeon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fox Number 5's podcast, Grown Black Trans Women Talk. And don't forget to become a patron on the Box Number 512 Patreon page, where we have all new exclusive content. And also, don't forget to follow us on our social media, on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. And also, become a subscriber on our YouTube page. Until next time, bye. bye.